The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You and Me Both is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Hillary Clinton, and this is You and Me Both. On this week's episode, I get to do one of my favorite things, answering questions sent in by our listeners. We've heard from so many of you, from Anita down in Florida. Hello. I watched the whole podcast. I now know what a podcast is. To Kyle out in California. Hey, Hillary, it's Kyle, lifelong supporter. Maybe you'll run again one day, maybe not. Don't blame me if you want the rest. We got emails from people across the United States and beyond, from Australia to Germany, Romania, with questions on everything from my time in the Senate to my favorite desserts to the quality of the sheets and pillows in the White House. Now, as promised, I'm answering your questions with the help of a very special guest. It took some doing because we both have really busy schedules. But I'm so excited today to have joining me Saturday Night Live's one and only Kate McKinnon. 
Kate joined the SNL cast back in 2011. And since then, she's become an Emmy Award-winning audience favorite with all of her quirky characters and, of course, her incredible impersonations. Everybody from Ellen DeGeneres to Jeff Sessions, from Lindsey Graham to Elizabeth Warren, Angela Merkel, Rudy Giuliani, and yes, me. And you've also seen Kate on the big screen, including in the all-women remake of Ghostbusters. She's currently starring in Joe vs. Carol, a drama series from Peacock based on the 2020 Netflix true crime documentary series, Tiger King. Hi! Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I am thrilled to see you. I'm so happy you're doing this. I'm so happy. I'm scared of podcasts, but I like yours, and this one is nice. So we're just going to be really easy. Okay, before we start, where's your cat? Um, oh, Kino. There. Say oh. hello to the secretary, <laughs> Nini. <laughs> Say hello. How old is that little creature? <laughs> he is 13 and and a teenager. You know, he's getting tattoos and he's drinking. <laughs> You gotta watch those teenagers <laughs> all the time. Kate. Yeah, I mean, he's come a, he's on. A bad boy. Look at the wonderful life you have. What is the what is wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> Look at who your mother is. Yes, you should be so proud. I'm so fun. <laughs> you don't even know how fun I am. It is so great to see you again, and I just want to dive right in to talk with truly one of my my favorite people. So, Kate, you and I have a lot in common. You've played me, so I, I know I we have. do. But we also just got over COVID. and <gasps> You did? Yes. Oh, gosh. After dodging it for, you know, two years. Thankfully, uh -huh. I came down with a really mild case. But I was so tired. I was so tired. Yeah. That was like the only thing that I experienced. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good for you. But you're okay. I got a bad, what felt like a flu, and yeah. now I feel like I am a crumpled piece of paper drifting <laughs> on the wind. Um, I have no agency. I have no uh, vitals. I, you know, I'm... <laughs> you need a vacation, my friend. <laughs> I don't... Well, I don't know if that would do it. I feel, I feel... You know, I think it's more the... The crumbling of the post-World War II order that's making my brain feel a little disorganized. But, well, I, th I think that's know. actually what happened to me. I, I think uh -huh. my immune system had been great until Ukraine, and then it just crumbled. Yeah. Um, and so here we are. But we're fighting our way back, and that's yes. to be, I guess, uh, appreciated. And you have a, a new show out, Joe versus Carol. Now, yes. honestly, you played Carol Baskin, and I, I know you love your cat, but how was it like? Loving those big cats. I mean, what was that like? Well, she had made a public request to not utilize big cats during mm. the production, which um, I found very important because her whole thing is we shouldn't be interacting with these animals at all. They should only be in the wild. So I was happy that we were able to CGI all the cats. So when there was a cat on screen, it was actually just a very emotive Great Dane. Some of the best actors in the world, I found, are Great Danes. Oh my God, the pathos on those big Great Dane faces. Yikes. Well, you know, you have been really just such an incredible inspiration and 
I don't know, just a great spirit, Kate. And me? In, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, just <laughs> I'm just talking as a fan, so you know you can dismiss it and discount it. But when did you first get interested in comedy and sketch comedy? Okay, so as you may or cannot tell, I was an odd child. <laughs> Very, very deeply shy and quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can relate, maybe not, but I was extraordinarily quiet. And people were always wondering, what's in there? What is she thinking? And I felt always just too scared to speak in my own voice. And so I, I started to appropriate the voices of others mm -hmm. and speak in British accents and speak as little weird characters and quote lines from movies and stuff. And I felt it so much um, easier to get any volume in my voice at all if I was doing a voice in quotes. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, led my kindergarten teacher to call my mother in and say, we don't know if she's understanding the difference between fiction and reality because I was so often speaking in film quotes. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I'm saying too much here, but the point is it became a like a I mean, it's a coping mechanism clearly mm -hmm. for social anxiety and the, and I just like spun it into a career magically. So that's great. Yeah, I I, I mean I really <laughs> admire that. And I read that your father first introduced you to Saturday Night Live. When you were, what, about yes. 12 or My so? mother and my father both were big SNL fans, and they would walk around the house quoting Mr. Bill and Toons as the Driving Cat and the Land Shark. And I thought these were just um, American idioms to go, oh, no, you know, all these <laughs> quotes. They were, my parents, both very, very funny. So it sort of was just like a household currency. Yeah. Well, your sister, didn't? isn't your sister Emily My Lynn sister also? My sister's a comedian, and we've done a bunch of projects together, and that's mm -hmm. just the greatest thing in the world oh, because we so do cool. share a sense of humor, and not everyone else does. <laughs> 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 but, um, but at what point did you think, I could make a living at this? I could be a professional actor, comedian... Only after booking my first job. I had oh, never really? considered it as a way of life. I thought, I'm too much of a Capricorn. Um, mm. I don't, not that astrology is real, except that it's always correct. And um, I, <laughs> so I'm very, very deeply practical. Mm -hmm. And so I booked my first job, which was on a show called The Big A Sketch Show. And then I thought, well, okay, I'll give it a whirl because I've already booked this job, but it's not going to work out. And then for a long time, it didn't. And then mm -hmm. I, I thought, I'll go to farm school and I'll, I'll, you know, that's fine. And then I was hired at Saturday Night Live. And so I continued then, but it's always sort of touch and go. Yeah. And did you try out for SNL? I mean, I hear about these really infamous tryouts that are yes. conducted. Yes. Sounds terrifying. It is. It's a tribunal um, in the dark. Well, you know, <laughs> you've testified at congressional yeah, hearings. Yeah, I've had plenty. a few comparable so, experiences. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd pass with the flying colors. But you got the gig. I didn't. So, you know, that's only <laughs> oh my big God. difference. <laughs> oh, Benghazi. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I watched definitely. the hearings. Oh. I've watched you. 
Was that sort of like an SNL audition? Is that is that was that the comparable experience? No, yours seemed yours seemed a lot worse. <laughs> so what what year was it that you started on SNL? It was 2011, mm-hmm. and I had moved to Los Angeles to do a showcase. And I thought, okay, this is my last ditch effort as a comedian. I'll do this showcase and then I'll come home and I'll figure something else out and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, but I always knew, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live is, is so important to me as a comedian because it's really the only place that people are doing character comedy, the kind of comedy I love. But also as an American, it's like, it's like our collective way of processing so many things. And I, for so many years, I got my news from Saturday Night Live. So it always meant everything to me. And in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'll never get on the show. But I, it is my dream. And I should at least try my darndest to right. at least audition. And then I got that chance after many years of doing comedy in a basement and... Yeah, it was scary, but I I had prepared as much as I possibly could prepare for something. I usually wing stuff, but, but this, this was, I was this like, was if I don't, yeah. I need to do everything I possibly can, or I won't be able to live with myself afterwards. Mm-hmm. Did you do impersonations when you tried out, or did the impersonating, you know, everybody literally from Justin Bieber to Jeff Sessions, to me, which we'll get to in a minute, um, <laughs> did you do impersonations before SNL, or was that something that happened while you were there? I did. Um, I learned a lot more about what goes into an impression inside of the pressure cooker of SNL, but I had always been doing impressions. I just think... That a person's voice is, for me, somehow the key to their inner struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that like I can listen to someone's voice and understand what they want and what's getting in the way, which is, to me, the foundational blocks of any character, even a sketch character. Um, and other people understand it through physicality or through... Mm-hmm what they say um, or their hair or whatever. For me, it's just my way in is always someone's voice. And so I've always loved impressions because you can just listen to someone and I I feel like I understand them or I have a theory about them. And and what is a character really but a theory about how best to live or a theory about what happens if you live a certain way? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, it, it is interesting how you get into a different character or how you even try to understand somebody if you're not an, an actor like you are. And when you start thinking about how you're going to try to portray somebody, do you listen to their voice? Is that how you try to capture it? Yes, I listened to hours and hours of YouTube footage. I don't know how anyone produced a sketch show before YouTube. I Uh mean, I think they were in there with VCRs (laughs) copying news reports. It must have been impossible. But I, yes, I listened to hours and I try to come up with, again, just what, what they want and what's blocking them, which are usually two disparate elements of their persona that tension and that juxtaposition is what makes a character. For instance, I played Angela Merkel, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, how am I gonna, what am I gonna latch onto about this? I don't speak German, I, I wish I did. <laughs> um, what a gorgeous language uh, with its many, many noun cases, but I wanted to capture something about her, and to me, what, 
was the juxtaposition there that was interesting was that she's this like staunch German politician. And yet there's almost a, I saw a glimmer of like a girlish longing Mm. and and insecurity and Mm. sweetness Mm. underneath that. And that tension is what I just sort of like me and, and the writer who wrote it just sort of like spun up into a sketch. That's so interesting. Because I know her, and and you did. That's a very yeah. good capture. Oh yeah, and is it? Oh, because when I have spent personal time, private time with her, she's funny, uh-huh. she's uh-huh. unguarded, she uh, is a good storyteller. She is uh-huh. very effusive, and then you know she does have to put on the "I'm the leader of my country" uh, look uh-huh. and go forth. But yeah, you really captured that. That's great. But you have to be almost an acute psychologist to do what you do because you've got to find something to hold on to. I mean, when you do somebody like Jeff Sessions, oh my gosh, I mean, what do you hang on to? I mean, what is there that you're going to be able to find relatable, uh, let alone, you know, humorous? It it, it really well, requires some, <laughs> some in-depth thinking, right? For, I mean, for that one, I just, I disagreed so vehemently with everything that he was doing and, and thought, but to me, he seemed like a perfectly jovial uh, person, uh, like a, a filled with effervescent, um, puckish joy. And I thought, well, that's an interesting tension. Uh, that's I, so you know, interesting. I yeah. hate what this guy's doing, and yet I think I would like him if if I didn't know his politics. He's a sort of there's something impish and and boy-like about him that I that I responded to. And that, to me, was an interesting tension. Are there people on your list that you want to impersonate at any time in the future, somebody that pops into mind? Politicians are definitely my favorite because there's always, and maybe you can attest to this, there's always layers built in yeah. because yeah. someone's the persona that any politician presents, I'm guessing, Mm-hmm. You know, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Is not what is underneath. Um, is is something that's constructed, and there's always comedic tension to be mm-hmm. mined there between yeah. someone's persona and their private life. Well, obviously, I saw that when you portrayed me. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty brilliant, and I loved doing uh, that scene with you, uh, where I was Val, the bartender. That was the best night of my life. I had so much fun. <laughs> I was just so taken by the whole experience because even though I'd been on SNL, I think once before, but it was some years prior, being there that time and having, you know, a whole scene where you and I were doing it together and then going up to Lauren's office while you talked about how it was going and what the, you know, changes were needed. I found that fascinating. I loved that so much because we had talked about, you know, I remember watching with absolute joy when you came on with Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about doing something like that. And then our writers, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, who are brilliant, were like, no, we, it should be a more conversational, less presentational thing. What if you guys did a scene together? And I thought, oh, yeah, great. And then <laughs> you were so funny and <laughs> you so embodied the character of Val the bartender. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, have me back. I mean, you know, the bartender has lots to talk about right now. I mean, there is so much going on. Hey, man, you know, let's discuss the world. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I have to say, I also, along with, you know, millions of other people, was just really knocked out by your singing hallelujah that first episode after the 2016 election. And, you know, I didn't know whether I'd ever get a chance to thank you or to certainly do it in a, you know, public way. But um, that was an incredible um, performance. And it was so meaningful to me. How did that even come together? How, how did you all decide to do that? Well, thank you. First of all, that means a lot. And we were, <clears throat> we had bandied a few things about we were all so broken. I know for me, that was the biggest heartbreak of my life, other than my father dying when I was a teenager. I was so, you know, and um, Leonard Cohen had passed that week, and mm-hmm. my uh, same the same writer friends, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, had sent along this verse of Hallelujah that I'd never heard of about even when things go wrong, standing before the Lord of song with nothing on your tongue but hallelujah. And I thought, oh, that's what this moment calls for, Mm -hmm. if we can muster it. And I wanted to, it just came from a very personal place of wanting to commiserate and provide some shred of something to people who were devastated. And I knew it was going to not sit well with people who weren't. And I just had to, you know, I just, I had to share (laughs) how I felt. It was like a very primitive, um, just wanting to connect with my countrymen in that Mm -hmm. moment. And, um, and also on some level with you, I mean, I, I didn't figure you'd be watching, but I wanted to say something that I thought you might say. And I thought maybe you in your infinite strength might offer some ray of hope at that moment. I wanted to just give people a hug, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It felt like a big hug. And, you know, people still come up and cry with me or around me. And so it just had such a a huge impact on so many people. We're taking a quick break. Stay with us. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, 
a military-trained seduction spy, reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, you've said, and I've heard you in other interviews and read, that you have a lot of eclectic interests, which I I relate to. I mean, everything from 
I do, because I'm so I'm interested in so many odds and ends. And <laughs> you're interested in astrophysics, music theory, the history of the Silk Road, which I I really relate to. So, what are you interested in these days? What what you know? What's catching your attention? Well, other things that are in my fancy right now mostly have to do with survival, and I think you can understand why <laughs> I've become very interested suddenly in uh, plant science, farming, growing food, yes, um, right. plumbing, heating and cooling <laughs> systems, um, construction, yeah. things like that. Um, I'm very a, good. I'm a prepper now. I will be going to my bunker and uh, planting have my garden very soon. you got your bunker picked out? I mean, do you know where it is? I drive every weekend to look for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about okay, me. Okay. Well, just let me know in case I need a bunker. Uh, we, you okay. know, there, you always need a spare bunker. You never know what's uh -huh. going to happen. Well, as you know, we set aside some time in this uh, last episode of the season to answer some listener questions, and you graciously agreed to come along for the ride on this. And um, so, let's get started. See what people have on their minds, Kate. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have these printed out and I will read them to you and you would answer them as yourself. As myself. Yes. Okay. Not not okay. as Val, the bartender, but as, as or myself. or <laughs> take on your alter ego, but get the shirt, please. And the name tag. Otherwise we won't understand what's going on. Okay. This is from Melinda. Dear Madam Secretary, or as you are now known in my head. Hilly Billy, which <laughs> I think is so great. I am a voracious reader, as I know you are. I have mm -hmm. you to thank for introducing me to Louise Penny, whose entire of I've now devoured, including State of Terror, which was excellent. My question to you is this. What have you been reading lately, and what would you recommend? Great question. Well, because I did have COVID and was down for a week, I caught up on some of my favorite historic fiction kind of series. So I read the latest Donna Leone, great mysteries set in Venice, if you have not discovered those. I read the latest Charles Todd, set in 1920s after World War I England, very good. And then I've recently discovered the historical novels by uh, Sharon K. Penman. I'm reading her series about King Henry and Eleanor of Aquitaine. Very interesting. Not only well done, but really engrossing. So those are wow. some of the things I'm reading. What happens? Don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we have a question from Craig Flickinger. What are your thoughts on the state of attack we find on the LGBT plus community with Florida's Don't Say Gay bill passing 22 to 17 and Texas with its anti-trans agenda? I can't help but wonder how this plays into the midterm elections. Oh, my gosh. It, it First of all, it's profoundly outraging and deeply sad that you have people in positions of power in our country who are more interested in undermining and opposing the rights of individuals than they are in bringing people together. And I think people have to stand up to it. And the idea, don't say gay, I mean, I think people should go around, you know, saying gay all the time. Uh, anything mm -hmm. we can do to puncture the hypocrisy and the cruelty that lies behind this, we need to be doing. 
Uh, so that's, um, you know, my hope and, and do it with comedy, do it with political action. And you mentioned the midterms. And let me just say, please, please turn out and vote. You know, the hypocrites and the hate mongers win when people don't vote. So that would be my plea as we move uh, forward in this year. Let's say it now together on three. One, two, three. Gay. Gay, gay, gay. gay. <laughs> okay. okay. This is from Fee, or her email handle is Gryffindor Equestrian Girl. <laughs> That's a good one. Hello, Hillary and mystery guest. Ah, oh, it's me. <laughs> Hello. I have two questions. I hope that's okay. One, what are some of your favorite songs and artists? Mm. My favorites are Joanne and Born to Die, mm. Lady Gaga, Lana Del Rey, Taylor Swift, and Nate Ruiz. And mm. do you have any pets and how are they doing? <laughs> well, let's start with the easy question on pets. Yes, we have two dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a Labradoodle named Maisie, and we have a toy poodle named Tally, short for Tallulah. Uh, they're both getting up in years, but they still are full of personality and incredibly fun to be around. Now, as to songs, I like your question, and I like what you said about some of your favorites. So here's what I'm currently doing. You know, I've always loved, from the time I was you know, literally a teenager up until now, I've always loved listening to women's voices. You know, women like Carol King and Judy Collins and Joan Baez and Joni Mitchell. I mean, they were really formative. So now, fast forward uh, a very long time, I am listening to a lot of the really famous young women. So mm -hmm. I love, I, I love Lady Gaga. I love her both as a performer and a singer, I just really also like her sensibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in the last week, the way that she was with Liza Minnelli at the ill-fated, uh, infamous Oscars, she ended that with such a note of grace, which was well needed. Um, at the Grammys, which I was watching, you know, she came and 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 carried the the train of a skirt for someone who was having trouble because of crutches. So, I like Lady Gaga. I really like Adele. I listen to everything Adele does. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to a lot of Taylor Swift, and I really like Taylor Swift. I like her storytelling. I'm getting really into Taylor Swift. I'm starting to listen to Billie Eilish. I think mm -hmm. her talent is so multifaceted, everything from, you know, James Bond to ballads and all in between. So I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of educating myself, if that makes sense to you, trying to hear and listen and learn uh, about this new wonderful generation of um, wonderful women singers. Wow. Bless you. How about you, Kate? Who do you listen to these days? I stick, I just, I stick with songs that I learned in college and that's it. <laughs> it's easier that way. I don't like to try new foods, okay? <laughs> that's not true. I do like to try new foods, yeah. which leads us into yes. our next question mm -hmm. uh, from Kathy Lee. I think you've said that your favorite job was being the U.S. Senator from mm -hmm. New York for eight years. Can you talk about a couple of issues? Okay, so the food part comes later. Can you talk about a couple of issues that you worked on that were most meaningful to you uh, yeah. or events that are most memorable? that are not related to the 9-11 tragedy. Yeah, well, obviously 9-11 was the overwhelming experience. But then the 
after effects of 9-11, trying to get health care for the first responders and the emergency workers and fighting that battle for years, mm-hmm. um, trying to make sure that you know victims and their families got compensation because of the horrific losses that they experienced, and then rebuilding, uh, rebuilding, you know, lower Manhattan. I spent a lot of time putting together legislation and deals to help get that started. I also spent a lot of time on healthcare, as you might guess, because I'd worked really hard and been part of getting healthcare for kids. But then there were so many other issues. And one that I worked a lot on was trying to make sure that drug companies didn't just treat children like small adults when they came to doing drug trials, because they're not small adults and they need, you know, really special attention. As we're seeing now with the COVID vaccines, which have been literally miraculous for children under five, they're not quite getting it right. It seems to be safe, but not that effective. And so Frankly, the work that I did back when I was a senator is absolutely instrumental in how they're trying to figure out, you know, what are the right doses and what's safe and what works for kids with vaccines. I spent, you know, a lot of time on environmental issues, uh, something I care deeply about. And I just don't want to see our rules and regulations turn back. (laughs) Uh We, We fought hard to get clean water and clean air. And by God, those should be everybody's birthright. Well, bless you for that, because I drink a gallon of New York City tap water a day. And And it's good water. It's the best water in the world. It is such good water. And you know, I I just would add, Kate, because you've raised one of my favorite issues, New York City's tap water. Look at why it's so good, in part because 150 years ago or so, People who ran New York City and New York State made the decision to buy up land upstate, which had waterways, and to create a reservoir system and then to protect it all these years. And it's been one of the most important pieces of legislation, I think, passed in certainly New York and maybe even the country because New York City water is still very lightly, if at all, filtered because it has been kept so pure from the sources. So... If you plan ahead and you do the right things, it has long-term, you know, positive effects. <laughs> Amen. And Kathy Lee also asks, and this I want to know, <laughs> can you share a favorite dish or dessert from five different places that you've traveled? Because you've traveled every part of this world. Oh, my God. You know. And you don't have to do five, but, you know, uh, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. Look, I, I adore dessert. Let's start there. Okay. I mean, uh-huh. let's not be, let's, okay. let, let's, let's not pretend like I don't adore dessert because I do. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say anywhere you go in Italy, whether it is gelato of mm-hmm. every flavor or tiramisu oh. or any other incredible Italian dessert, oh. I'm in, right? Oh. <laughs> if you go to France, anything chocolate, I don't know why it is what my go-to is. Mm-hmm. If you go to, I will say, Armenia, (gasps) where I have been twice, Uh I had the best fruit for dessert I think I've ever had in my life. Apricots, peaches, cherries. I don't know why. I don't know why they were so delicious, but Uh I just absolutely adored them. So those are just some of my favorites from my travels. 
You heard it here first, folks. Stone fruits <laughs> from the Caucasus. The best. We'll be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and from Leslie E. in Oregon, pretty much everyone I know wrote to you after you quote-unquote lost in 2016. Mm. It was somehow comforting for us, and we hoped in some small way to lift you up and also to thank you for your courage and leadership. But how did it feel? Could you bear to read any of that mail, and did it help? Well, yes, it helped a lot, and I tried to answer every one of them. And I don't know, I hope I answered yours and your friends because it meant the world to me. You know, I got such heartfelt letters and they came from people of all ages, all kinds of formats, some, you know, pictures that little kids did for me, some heart-rending, long, handwritten letters, some very smart, typed, formal letters, but with an impact to them. I got thousands and thousands, and they will all end up in the library somewhere at some point. What was so moving to me were that the people who were writing me after that election were people who'd really paid attention. They didn't just dip in and out of the campaign. They paid attention to what the candidates were saying. They paid attention to what I was saying. And so their feelings were really rooted in a an understanding of what I was not only saying, but what I intended to try to do. And that was particularly meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And last but not least, we have two voicemails. Here's one of them. Hi, Hillary. My name is Leah. I'm from Brooklyn. My question for you is, were the beds in the White House comfortable? Thanks. (laughs) Leah, they were very comfortable. (laughs) And I have to tell you that... The mattress in the White House was so comfortable that, you know, when we moved, since the White House would provide a new mattress for our successor, we said, can we take the mattress with us? And they said, sure, we're just going to throw it away otherwise. So literally, we had that mattress for 20 years. In fact, Leah, we have just bought a new mattress. It was that comfortable for that long. (laughs) Okay, great. And here's one more. Hi, Secretary Clinton. My name is Sophie, and I am in Virginia. And my question is more about 
your personal daily routines. I think for many of us, and certainly you, the past six years have felt like one trauma after another. And I think many of us are grappling with how we spend our time day to day in order to keep hope and to keep optimism going, both for ourselves, but also the people who are around us. I love to walk a lot. I love to read. But I'm wondering if there are other things that you personally do and that you are committed to to keep yourself feeling hopeful. Thank you. Oh, Sophie. Yeah, I know that that's a really common feeling, and I feel it myself. So I really relate to your question. Here's what I have done, and it really helps me a lot. One is spend a lot of time outdoors. I try to go for a walk, and I try to go to a place like a a park, um, a preserve, some woods, just anything to kind of break my routine and try to walk for an hour, I highly recommend it. You know, there's a concept in Japanese called forest bathing, which I love the concept of where you are just immersed in nature. So hiking, walking, biking, anything that gets you outdoors. I'm a huge supporter of that. Secondly, I like to spend time with, you know, people that are positive <laughs> and have positive energy uh, because there's so much that drags you down these days. So spending time with people that I like and admire, people who are old friends and new friends, I'm very grateful for that. As a grandmother, I spend a lot of time with my grandchildren. I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and a five and two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, so I have three all together. And they are constantly, you know, just little engines of positivity. I also try to read and watch things that make me laugh, make me smile, make me think, but don't depress me because, you know, I'm not tuning in to all of the meanness and the anger. Um, I read about it, which I can handle better than watching it. And then I use my social media to speak out against it. I'm angry beyond words about Ukraine and what Russia and Putin are doing. And so I'm trying to be helpful there, but I'm trying not to let it totally consume me. So I don't know if that's helpful, Sophie, but that's how I try to deal with a lot of the stuff that uh, we're all living with. Gosh, you know, I love you. I'll say it. I do. (laughs) You know, as a public figure and as a person, you know, you watch that many hours of footage of someone and you feel like you, I feel like you're my best friend. I know that you don't feel the same about me necessarily, but I, you know, I, I feel like I really got to understand and adore you on a very personal level. And it has just been the absolute honor of my life to have any proximity to you at all. And um, so thank you for having me on this podcast and um, for being my Val. Thank you so much for doing this, Kate. And right back at you. And let's go out and have some dessert sometime. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) You won't find Kate on social media, but you can find her on this season of Saturday Night Live which wraps up later this month, and on the Peacock drama series, Joe vs. Carol. 
And I want to give a big thank you to all of you who called or wrote in with your questions for this episode. I so appreciate hearing from each and every one of you. I wish we had the time to answer all of your questions. And that, my friends, is it for this season of You and Me Both. We'll be back in a few months, but in the meantime, we've got lots of great conversations you can go back and listen to, including another round of listener questions I answered with help from James Corden. You and Me Both is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We're produced by Julie Subrin, Kathleen Russo, and Rob Russo, with help from Huma Abedin, Oscar Flores, Lindsay Hoffman, Brianna Johnson, Nick Merrill, Laura Olin, Lona Valmoro, and Benita Zaman. Our engineer is Zach McNeese, and original music is by Forrest Gray. If you like You and Me Both, please tell someone else about it. And if you're not already a subscriber, what are you waiting for? You can subscribe to You and Me Both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Let's keep taking care of ourselves, each other, and our democracy. And I'll see you when we come back. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.